Hey everyone, it's Jen. Wow, thank you again for, you know, continuing to follow me. Um, This is podcast number three. And yes, I am a day late and I do want to apologize for that. Let's just say that yesterday the day got away from me. And so I decided I would do it today. Um, I'm not forgetting you guys. I am here because of you guys. But it's been quite the week. And it's been a week that I wouldn't change for anything in the world. I've had to um, do a lot of, of, of guiding and helping. And it's been, it's been amazing. Um, uh, I just wish that when I was going through this 20-some years ago, that I would have been able to have people like me and support groups and and just the social media where you could turn to somebody without having to have them look you straight in the eyes and not even knowing if they're judging you, but just being able to tell your story. You know, I mean, it's enough that as a victim... You know, you're labeled a victim and you're judged as a victim and you're looked upon as a victim. And it's enough that you know you're a victim because you are the one who just went through all of this. So you know you're a victim, but you want to be more than just that. You want to come above it and, you know, just not be the victim anymore. And it can be hard because, you know, once you make that step and you leave that situation, there's so much you have to go through. You know, you're talking, if you have children, you're talking that social services might be involved. And then finding a new place to live. Um, you know, if you have children in school, you have to put them in school and explain to the school what's going on. And then you have to go through the courts to, you know, fight for custody, maybe even a, you know, um, restraining order. And then you're talking about court procedure for if he or she was um, charged for domestic battery. I mean, it never seems to end. But I'm here to say it does. It doesn't. It, like I've said before... I am never going to sugarcoat things. I will be honest and truthful with you guys because there's no point in making it look like a fairy tale and then you guys go through all these bumps in the roads or blocks and walls and then make yourself wonder, did did I do the right thing? Should I have maybe stayed when... You did the right thing. Leaving was the best thing you ever did. Not just for your children, but for your own self. Because if you even follow me me on my Facebook page, My Beautifully Broken Story, you would know that my motto is love yourself. Because if you can't love yourself and accept yourself for who you are, How can you expect somebody to do just that for you or with you? And how can you love somebody else properly if you can't even love yourself? Like, seriously. I mean, 
you know, they might profess their love to you, and you might profess your love to them. But really, when you sit down and you think about it, you love them because of what maybe they were bringing to the table. Um, maybe, you know, they, they, they had a good job, and, and they made you feel like a million bucks, and, you know, they told you what you wanted to hear. And as soon as they had you under their spell, then you became their puppet. And that's wrong. I'm sorry, but that's wrong. You, you need to be able to love yourself and know your worth and know what you deserve. And you do not deserve to be treated like a puppet. You do not deserve to be treated unfairly, especially when you choose somebody to share your life with, to start a family with. They need to be your partner. They need to be your supporter. You need to have each other's back and feel stable and protected and just know that you have someone. But when this person is not supportive of you, does not have your back, which would throw you under the bus before anything, that's not love. That's not love at all. That's possession. That is controlling behavior. And it's not good. It really isn't. Because in the end, you're going to end up alone. And your spirit may be broken. Your self-esteem will be in your mind worthless. And you you just won't know what to do. And... As a woman who has been through domestic abuse, you know, I know how it feels. I know the, you know, the opinions and the judgments that we go through, especially when people know you're being abused and then they, you know, they they whisper behind your back and it does come back to you or you hear them. Why does she stay with them? Well, it's not that easy. You know, if you have not been in that situation, you cannot judge. First of all, you don't have the right to judge me. The only person who can judge me is my creator. That's it. That's all. Okay? You have no right to judge me. You have no right to have a say on my life or how I do things with my life. It's exactly that. My life. I chose to be with a man that I thought loved me. I chose to be with a man who wanted a family. I chose a man that I thought, with his bad side, I could help create a good side. I thought I was love. I thought, you know, we were going to grow old together and just have it all. But... Here's a guy who who had baggage, who had issues, insecurities that he never had time to seek help for. And because of that, they were his his I guess his 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 demons <clears throat> and his demons he 
put onto me. And with that, I suffered physically, emotionally, verbally, and sexually. I was abused by him. I went through so much in the 10 years that we were together. We, we had, you know, we had what you call the honeymoon phase, which lasted one month. We moved in together, and that's when the true colors started. And then I became pregnant, and then more colors came out. At six months of age, he got angry with me. And I can't tell right now what the reason was, because I do not remember it. But I do remember him getting so angry that he kicked me in the stomach. As I'm six months pregnant with his child, having to go to the hospital because I'm bleeding, and having to lie to what happened. But then I was, you know, I, God was with me because this child was to be born, so nothing happened. And so we had our first child together. And delivery should have been a happy moment, but it wasn't. It wasn't at all. He was angry because he was missing work. He was angry because I wasn't progressing fast enough. He was angry because I wasn't, you know, in full labor. Things that were out of my control because my body did what it needed to do when it was ready to do, but still was not good enough for him. And then when, when my... My labor started, and I was going through the pain and, 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 you know, the contractions and everything. Where was he? Nowhere to be found. He was too busy doing puzzles. So my mom and my dad were the ones there for me. And you guys are probably wondering, your dad? Ew. What? But I do have to say that at the time, my dad was legally blind, so he wasn't able to see anything. He could just hear and feel. So that was fine. And I was daddy's little girl. So with my dad there, I felt safe. I felt protected. And I knew that I had true love, unconditional love, because my parents were there. So our, our baby was born. And I figured... Well, we have a baby together now. Things, things are going to change. I mean, things are going to get better, right? Not. They didn't get better. Actually, they got worse. Because now he had a child that he could use to threaten me. Something to use against me. You know, it wasn't our son. It was his bargaining tool. It was his threatening tool. And for that, for that child, I would have done anything. Because as a mom, as any mom knows, when you give birth to your child, you love that child unconditionally. Nothing in the world will come 
and be there to hurt that child because you will do whatever it takes. And that's how I was. I loved my baby. I mean, I'm sorry to say I loved, but I did love that baby. He was, he was the center of my universe. You know, I woke up in the morning for him, and I continued for him. His smile, his beautiful brown eyes, the blonde hair that he had, just was what made me continue, what gave me the reason to continue. And I was just so grateful for him. Then one day, after I had made a bottle, and as you all know, moms of newborns, when your baby's hungry, he's hungry now. Not later, not in five minutes, now. And so they wail till you can get that bottle in their mouth. So I had his bottle ready. And not noticing that I made a little mess, which was a drop of formula on the counter. Now, no biggie, right? I mean, once I'm done, I can clean it up. It's done. But my husband came home from work while I was feeding our son. The house is perfectly all cleaned spotless. He goes to the kitchen and he notices that drop of milk. Well, that was it. He lost his shit. He got so angry and I was called all the names in the world. I was worthless. I was good for nothing. I mean, how could I leave such a mess in the kitchen? And how could I, you know, not have his supper ready, waiting for him right there at the table when I'm doing what any mother would do, and that was nurturing and feeding my baby. See, that's the kind of life that I started it's the kind of relationship I was in. The most stupid, minuscule things would set him off. And it really upset me because when you think about it, the house was spotless. His supper was ready. It was just on the, on the stove. And he was home early that day. And we, our son was happy. He was, he was clean. He was being fed. Everything was perfect. Except for that drop of milk. So it just goes to show that I was in a toxic, poisonous relationship. That nothing I did was going to be good enough. But I loved him. Or I thought I did. And I stayed. I got beaten up more times than none. 
for the most stupidest reasons. Um, I remember one time where I said something. I've, some of these, these, these meetings I don't even remember anymore. And the reason for that is all the concussions that I've suffered because of it. And a couple of car accidents I've had since. Some of these are vague. But the beatings, for, for I wish they would have been vague. I wish I was able to have forgotten them. But for some reason, that still stayed in my brain. Um, but I do remember one time him beating me up taking my head against a wall, which was a cement wall, and just bashing it in there, and then took my face, bashed it against the closets, and so there my nose started to bleed, and I was bleeding all over myself. My head was pounding. I believe he had taken hunks of hair out of my head. And then my parents showed up. And... So he left, and my mom came in, and she just went batty. And she wanted to, like, kill him, which, as a mom, I would have understood. I understand now. But I just didn't want any more fighting. So she went and picked up the baby, because he was crying. And then, like I said, my dad was legally blind, but he heard my mom yelling, and he heard, he got the gist of what happened, and then I could hear my mom telling him how my shirt was full of blood, and so my dad got really angry and was ready to just go pound on him, and I told him, I said, Dad, I love him, please don't, and because I said that, my dad stopped, he just stopped, and God bless his soul, because he's no longer with us, but when he was, he used to say, I wish I hadn't listened to you. I just wish I hadn't listened to you. But I'm happy he did because, you know, I ended up getting, having more children with him. And one of those children is my best friend today. She's my only daughter and she's my pride and joy. And um, okay. I just... I just am so grateful to him for her. You know, that's the one best thing that man has ever given me. And that was my daughter. Now, I know you're probably wondering, um, what about the other children? Well, fortunately, as life got on, my two other sons, you know... They had their issues, and even though I was there for them through thick and thin, um, they thought that I was unfair with them. They thought that I was too, um, uh, what would be the word, like, too much of a hard ass on them, even though I was just raising them to become good men and not be like their dad and I will never say that they are like their dad 
or are their dad, but they were acting like him. And I just needed to make sure that that wasn't going to be an issue. And, but, you know, they grew up and they fell in love and that was more important than me as their mom. And you know what? I get it. I don't even resent them. I don't even, I'm not mad at them. I still love them. And I'm just happy that they're in a good place and they're doing good. But I have no, um, oh, what's the word? I just don't, don't converse with them. I don't, um, I don't keep up with them because I'm just giving them their space like they wanted. But my daughter and I are best friends. She knows I'm mom first. Um, but, I mean, she's an adult. And so she's going through some major um, changes in her life. And they're all good changes. From meeting the love of her life to getting a wonderful job to looking at buying her first house and buying her first car. I mean, all these wonderful passage in her life that I get to share with her. So, you know, we do pretty much a lot together and we are each other's confident and she's, she's my person and I'm her person. And so I just love that no matter anything and everything I went through with that man, that there was one good thing that came out of that and that's the children. So... But as I said, I went through a lot with this man. I, like I said, so much abuse by 10 years worth. And then the day that I decided enough was enough. And I picked up my children and started my new story, my new journey, my new chapter. And went on. And... I did counseling, I did therapy, as well as the kids. It was needed. And it helped me somewhat. Because I wasn't 100% truthful with my therapist. Because of one of the times that I was abused, the police were called. It was a man and a woman. And so the woman saw, like, my shirt was torn, and I had been crying, and I had marks around my neck. And so <laughs> I just, I was, I was scared. I was petrified. And now the police are here, and I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. Because he's right there, and he is staring me down. And I'm just scared. So the male officer decided to ask him to leave the apartment with him and go and talk. So then the officer came to me. The police, the, f the female officer came to me and says, like, you don't deserve this, and you, you shouldn't be put in this kind of situation, especially not for your child. 
is there a place that you can go? And I said, yeah, I could go to my sister's. And so she said, like, you should call her and go there. And, and, and so we talked, and she was asking if I want to press charges. And, they, and back then, they couldn't charge him unless the female or the victim uh, wanted charges pressed. And I said no, because I was, I was just scared. I was, at the time, 19 years old, going on 20. I was just a child myself. And I came from a loving family. You didn't see abuse in our in my family. My mom and my dad loved each other. I mean, yeah, they had arguments like any normal couple. But never had I seen my dad hit my mom or my mom hit my dad. I mean, they love each other. They were there for each other. I mean, they were each other's number ones. You know, so I didn't know about abuse. I was naive of it. I couldn't believe this was happening to me. Like, really? This happens? How come? That's just how naive I was. But I didn't want to press charges. I was afraid. I didn't know what was going to happen. And I was afraid that if I pressed charges, then they would take my baby away from me. Like, you don't know. You just hear the stories that they tell you the the threats that they put in your head if you say something i'll make sure they take the boy away from you i'll make sure you'll never see your baby again and you actually believe them anyhow so i didn't do anything i didn't say anything and then the mail officer came in with my husband and he said well i think for tonight he should go and sleep somewhere else. But from what I hear, he, as he points to me, you pushed his buttons. And you women are pretty good at doing that. Now, I'm sure a lot of you are going, what? Yeah, exactly. What? I'm the one who got almost choked to death. My shirt was ripped. My child saw all of this. This man smacked me around. And I'm being told that it was my fault that I pushed his buttons. And so I asked for it. Now, tell me, why should I turn to anyone now and ask for help? Because here's a police officer who's supposed to enforce the rules, the laws, and protect you, turn around and say, it's your fault you pushed his buttons. So why? Why should I even ask for help? Because the person I thought would help me actually turns around and says, it's my fault. So yes, you can say, I was shocked. And... I did go to my sister that night, and my tr my sister, bless her soul, I love her to death. She is a very strong woman, and I was very lucky that she raised me because my mom worked, and so my sister was in charge of taking care of me as when I was young. And if there was one thing that my sister did for me is teach me to be able to speak for myself and speak my mind.
Unfortunately, when I met this man, he took that from me. And he took a lot from me. I became really depressed. Um, I was anxious. I was scared. I was petrified. I felt undeserving, unloved, alone. You name it. All victims out there, you know what I'm talking about. I went through it all. Through it all. And when I did turn around and ask for help, nobody was there. And I'm not talking about my family. My family was always there for me. They always put their differences aside for each other and for me, but was there when I needed them. So I am grateful to all of them for that. But the system, the system failed me. They failed me in a way that could have cost me my life. It could have cost my children their life. It almost did mine. And it could have one of our sons. But it didn't. I finally realized, I would say, six months before I left, that I didn't love him. And I knew he didn't love me. And I knew I didn't want this kind of life for myself or for my children. That I wanted out. But I needed to know, how was I going to do this? Where was I going to go? And that played in my mind for six months. I just didn't know what to do. Where to go. Who to ask for help. I know my family would have done anything. And they did. They were there for me. That's something I'm truly grateful for. It's just like, now, how am I going to pay for rent? And how am I going to pay for food? And how am I going to get clothes for my children? And I just, I didn't know. I did not know what to do. I didn't know where to go. I knew I couldn't go to the police because they had already failed me once. <sighs> what was I going to do? So, February 22nd, 2001. We are having our lunch. And I'm sitting down at the table with our three children. Now, our youngest is in the booster chair. And... He would have been almost two. <clears throat> and, you know, all you moms out there, even dads, anyone with children know that turning your head for one second means the house could be turned upside down. And it did just that. I was looking at my other son when my youngest son decided to go grab a glass that was on the table with juice. 
he decided to grab it and he dropped it and it fell on the floor and the juice went everywhere funny part is the glass did not even break or shatter it was just a juice mess and so my husband again totally lost his shit how could you not have seen that you're a bad mom he could have stopped this he could have gotten hurt uh, so on and so on and so on and because I was at that point in a relationship where I didn't care what he had to say anymore I was pretty much meh like he could have said whatever he could have slapped me around it just wouldn't have I wouldn't have cared anymore because that's where I was with myself and I looked at him, I gave him a cocky smile, and I said, it's just juice. I will pick it up, and it's done. Nobody got hurt. Nothing got damaged. It's just juice. And I believe because I was so in control... It made him even more angry. Because then he decided to take a chair and start breaking it on the walls. So as soon as he started that, I grabbed my kids and sent them upstairs to their room. So my youngest didn't want to go, so he stayed in the doorway. And then I saw that my husband took a chair and he was about to go and hit him with it. And I went in front of the chair. And I got hit with the chair. He broke that chair on me. It was a wooden chair that he broke on me. But you know what? I didn't care. Because my son was safe. He didn't get hurt. It was worth it. Now, while he was having his tantrum, my husband, that is, he decided to take our kitchen table, which was an oval table, and flip it. And when he flipped it, it fell on his foot. And then, it, as it fell on his foot, his big toenail got bent to the point where I believe it got detached from his toe. But I'm not sure. This is, I didn't see it. This is what I was told. But he was in pain, so he got in a car and he went to the hospital. And that's when my son called 911. And so the police showed up and, of course, told them the story. But this time I was fortunate. I got an officer who had a heart. An officer who did his job. He protected me and my children. He went to the hospital. He had my husband arrested. His charges were laid. And that is the day 
where our lives changed forever. And it wasn't a bad change. It was a good change. It was a change for the best. And that's when I started working on healing. It was hard because I went through a lot of court, a lot of, you know, angry family member on his side. I People asking me why I had stayed, not understanding, you know, just people being people. And, but I worked on myself and got, oh, I got a job and took care of my children, gave them what they needed, went through the court procedures, and so on and so on. I mean, it's, it wasn't easy. It really wasn't. And this is just some of the stuff that I went through with him. I mean, we don't have enough time for me to tell you everything because I don't want this podcast to be like hours long and where you guys all give up listening to it. Because in the end, I am here today. Proof that there is life after after domestic abuse. It's not easy. It wasn't easy. But I got through it. And my children got through it. I fell in love again. And again. But was never truly in love. Until the man I am with today. Who has shown me what true love is. But do you know why he showed me what true love is? Because I learned to love me. I learned to love everything about me. I love the extra weight that I have. I love the apron that my belly gives me. I mean, I've had five children and I was not a lucky woman who has baby and bounce and stretches back to the way she was. I got stretch marks. I've got extra weight. I have now gray in my hair. But I wouldn't change myself for anything. Because my story is helping a lot of people. It's encouraging and giving other people hope. It's empowering women. And it's motivating women to love themselves that's all I want I want women I want not just women any victim of abuse no matter your age no matter your gender no matter your way your race no matter your financials no matter anything you gotta love you you gotta love yourself you got to know you are worthy. You are worthy of being happy. You are worthy of good things. And the only way you can do that is by loving yourself first and by believing in yourself. And if you believe in yourself and you love yourself, man, life can be grand. I mean, I have bad days still. I go through <laughs> days. Or like they would say, meh days. Um, 
I've, unfortunately, one of my side effects from everything I've gone through is I cannot be around a lot of people. That is my, I guess, my permanent disability from the abuse that I've been through. I've learned to just stay within my comfort zone. I don't do crowds. I can't do crowds. I become anxious. I become nervous. I became I become a total different person. Yes, it's something I need to work on. But I'm happy the way I am. And my kids are love. My kids have everything they want and need. They're succeeding. They make me proud. They make me smile every day. And they truly make me laugh every day. And my better half is amazing. He has his moments. But there's one thing I've learned. Is men, ugh, they can be so annoying. But the saying, you can't live with them and you can't live without them, is so true. I love this man with all my heart. I am deeply in love with him. I feel secure with him. I feel protected with him. And I know he would do anything to keep me safe. Something I never had with any other man. I feel worthy of him. I feel worthy of myself. I feel that he supports me. And he encourages me. And he's proud of me. Again, something I never felt before. So, to you victims, there is life after. There is love after. And there actually is other good people out there for you. But before you can find them, you need to find yourself. You need to learn to love yourself, appreciate yourself. And I know some of you will say, well, I don't find myself pretty. You know what? I used to say that too. But you know what? There was one thing I started with, and it will sound funny, but it was, I love my feet. I have beautiful feet. Sounds weird, right? But hey, it was something about me that I liked. No, I loved And then so many people would say, you have such a beautiful smile. So then I started loving my smile. And then I would take pictures and I'd say, wow, I can be beautiful. No, I am beautiful. Yes, I'm overweight. But I don't care. You know, I love food. And I'm not going to starve myself to look skinny To make who happy? A man? Society? I don't think so. I need to be happy. And I'm happy with me. And that means eating all the food that I want. Now, yes, comes health risks. And that will be for me to deal with. Nobody else. I'm my own priority. As you should be too. So... Now that I've 
bored you for almost 45 minutes, and maybe not. But I just want people to know that I'm no longer a victim. And I used to say that I was a survivor of domestic abuse. But I'm no longer a survivor either. I'm now a warrior. Because you know what? I will fight for other victims. I will fight for survivors. I will fight. I will empower. I will motivate. I will give you hope. Because I am real as real can be. I am honest. I am just a plain Jane girl next door who's done it. Okay? I'm not a celebrity. I am not rich. I am not, you know, a model. I am just a plain human being who has been able to go through all of this and come out on the other side stronger and loving myself and wanting to be able to give others what I was not able to get when I was in their shoes. So please, 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 whatever you do, love yourself, be your priority, take control of your life, do not give it to anybody, and if you have, take it back. It's your life, no one else's. You deserve to be happy, because if you are not happy, believe me, if you have children, they're not happy because they sense it. They need a happy mom, a happy dad, a happy family. And if you cannot give them that, give them at least a happy life. So with that said, I ask that you follow me on my Facebook page because it's not all about my story of depression and gloom. There's a lot of motivational quotes, a lot of, you know, empowering. It just also what to look for, the warning signs, the red flags, and knowing that you're not alone. And that's very important for victims, is knowing you're not alone. And no one will judge you on my page because I don't allow it. Okay, you have the right to your opinions, and I will let you have your opinions, but as soon as you start being rude, or as soon as you start, you know, bashing, you're out of there. Because I want my page to be a page we can turn to, and feel safe, and being able to just talk, or even just look at what's going on, and maybe get some motivation and empowerment out of it. So with that said, guys, I wish you a wonderful weekend coming up and learn to love yourself, but mostly please love yourself. And I will be back next Wednesday and thank you for listening to me. Until then, I'm Jen. Bye.